he practically ripped the dude's face off. Yeah, he's an ender of worlds, is Derek Henry. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Pick and Chips. We're just two weeks away from the regular season ending and the race to hit the wildcard round is getting tense. I'm your host Nate and joining me for this week's actions we have my co-host and the Chewy to my Han. It's Alan Woods. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good mate, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. An intriguing week of football in the end. I wasn't that excited for it but there's some, uh, you know, some big results, some upsets. Definitely uh, changing the playoff picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was, uh, I, again, like, like like you were saying, I wasn't expecting a particularly interesting week of action here. But there's plenty to talk about, so we must have been wrong. Um, so let's, not the first time. <laughs> and certainly not the last. Um, right, let's, let's uh, get into it. We're going to open with our game of the week, which was the Philadelphia Eagles losing in a pretty close battled to the Arizona Cardinals uh, 33 points to 26 um, quite an interesting little sort of Oklahoma alum uh, quarterback battle here it was all about the quarterbacks in this game um, they combined for 744 passing yards um, they had three touchdowns each it was a really good game of football actually um, I was paying more attention to this game than than the most on Sunday, um, with the Colts game, Colts Texans being so dreadful. Mm, Kyler Murray is definitely back, isn't he? What a boy! He's, um, he hit four hundred and six passing, which was his, uh, which is his highest total in a career game. Um, neither defense played particularly well, to be fair. Um, the Cards did get six sacks on Jalen Hurts. And they did pressure the the rookie plenty of times, um, but that was more the fa- I think that was more the failing of the Philly O line than it was the uh, the quality of the defensive play. Um, DeAndre Hopkins led the league for receivers this week with 169 yards um, and a touchdown. I saw after the game that he put his early fumble down to the fact that he tried to wear a smaller pair of gloves. A smaller pair being 4XL. Um, so he, uh, as soon as he dropped it, as soon as he was off the field after that, he went and put his usual 5XL gloves on and obviously that did the trick. Um, That's the... what I always do. Whenever I drop anything, <laughs> I always it's the gloves. the wrong size of XL gloves. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Eagles were pretty much always on the back foot in this game. Um, Hurts did have another good game, um, but there were just a few sort of spots where his inexperience really shone through. The intentional grounding to uh, give away give away a safety um, was pretty dumb, uh, and uh, he just he kept. He kept being put under pressure, and he was just holding on to the ball for too long. I don't know whether he was hesitating, but there were there were several several occasions where he was missing wide open receivers because he just held on that little bit too long, that split second too long. Yeah, I think he showed some inexperience in the safety. I mean, 
coming into the game, I'd said that I thought the Eagles' defence was good enough to try and contain the Cardinals. And I think they actually, yes, they did do some good things, um, but they didn't necessarily back it up with anything after that. So you already mentioned about um, the Hopkins fumble, which uh, then turned into two points and a possession back for the Cardinals. Uh, and then I think it was the very next drive from the Eagles. They okay, this isn't defense, but they had a blocked punt, which then uh, led to you know automatic red zone possession for the Cardinals, and it meant that um, Murray could just sort of waltz in. Um, so you know, if I was an Eagles fan, thankfully I'm not. Um, but watching that game, I'd have been pretty angry to be down sixteen nothing at the end of the first because it. They just hadn't really got going on offense at all. Um, as you say, I mean, the Eagles rallied. I think uh, something that kind of shows up on the stat sheet but doesn't really is Greg Ward with four receptions for 15 yards. That sounds like a pretty dire day. But actually, he moved the chains to them a couple of times as well as securing two touchdowns. So you don't. it's not very often you see four receptions, two touchdowns for 15 yards. But, um, you know, I, I suppose you catch what you need to catch and... Um, yeah, he was. I thought he was decent, and he's been one of those players that they had to rely on earlier in the season when they had no one in the receiving core that was healthy. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you say. I think Hopkins able to put the put it behind him, you know, with the new gloves, and um, yeah, it sort of felt like the Cardinals probably should have buried this game. But they did let the Eagles back in a bit. But, you know, again, it came down to a Hail Mary. Anything can happen with a Hail Mary, as we know. Um, so, yeah, it was a close one. It was an enjoyable game. I wanted to go to sleep, but I couldn't because I wanted to watch the game. Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, I was just looking at the uh, NFC playoff picture. Mm. Um, doesn't really actually change much here. Um the Cardinals stay basically a win ahead of the Bears in that seventh seed spot. Um, which knows the Eagles go last, and the Eagles drop down to being fourteen out of fourteen teams in the hunt, um, where you know they were a couple of weeks ago. They were pushing pushing on the door of actually being in the being in the argument, as were the Browns, and they've both they've both fallen. How about how about them boys riding riding up that? Uh... There was a fantastic stat on the broadcast, uh, which I was going to mention for the Cowboys game, but it seems like a good opportunity to mention it here. In the NFC East, every team has been the outright leader of the division at one point. They've been last at one point, and they've started multiple quarterbacks this season. Yeah. It just it's it, it's a testament to how bad that division is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a good reason why it's quite a fun one to talk about because it's sort of so catastrophically bad. It's a, yeah. sort of a bit like a comedy of errors sort of thing, situation. And Giant, Giants are struggling struggling now, aren't they? Since Danny Dimes has gone injured, they've they've lost lost a bunch in yeah. a row, haven't they? Um, and now. Suddenly, Washington are looking like the team that are going to go and uh, win that. Well, yeah, win that division. Well, 
you know, it's a big divisional game coming up this week. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles. Um, you know, division games, you never quite know what's going to happen. Um, Washington would have the head to head over the Cowboys. So Washington probably looked like left Ellie Bob on to, to do it for my money. Although, yeah. Again, they're on backup quarterbacks, but let's get let's get to that when we get to their game. Yeah, well, so um, so we'll move on next to our Dallas game of the week, um, with uh, Cleveland Browns going to New York and really just riding, ride uh, sailing off into the sunset with a twenty points to six win over the Giants. It was pretty ordinary, ordinary stuff, wasn't it? Uh, probably less enjoyable than ordinary. <laughs> what, what I thought um, yeah you know we just talked about the Giants being on the slide not having Danny Dimes anymore under centre going with Colt McCoy um, and you know I've bigged up the Giants for the final weeks of the season but I want to go on record and make sure I haven't bigged up Colt McCoy uh, <laughs> he does offer very little at the quarterback position and he is sort of a safe pair of hands you have but, um, criticised him almost every single week Good. Well, I thought I said that he was okay in Washington before, but um, I mean, okay, it's not necessarily a fantastic endorsement, is it? Uh, yeah, and you know, with this game, the Browns, you know, they're a much superior team this year. They moved to 10 wins for the first time in 12 seasons. The Giants were poor on the ground. Alfred Morris, you know, he's someone that I've brought up a few times on this podcast, leading with production with 39 yards. It's nothing to get excited about. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Colt McCoy, say no touchdowns, no interceptions, 221 yards. It's not a horrific stat line, but it's not going to, you know, it's the sort of stat line you'd expect to get from a game manager if you've got a good team around you. But the Giants need someone that's actually going to create some production, and he's not yet. And even though the Browns struggled to run in this game, it didn't really matter. Uh, Rashad Higgins was a standout with 76 receiving and you know you'd probably be surprised to hear this but Baker Mayfield 297 passing yards with two touchdowns you know, very decent uh, I, this Giants defence has been pretty good but uh, I believe they were without James Bradbury for their game he's their star corner it's a massive loss for them and without the sort of their star player on defence the main man running the offense in Daniel Jones. It comes of no shot really to anyone. I wouldn't expect the Giants struggled in this one and went down to the Browns, who are you know, clearly going to the playoffs this year. No, no, it's not a surprise. Um, and there, they look they look good to beat the Ravens in um, into into the playoffs. Um, going back to the playoff picture, um, if we go to the AFC. Um, they're actually sitting um, well they're currently second in the AFC North they could still win that division now um, obviously the Steelers have now dropped to 11 and 3 um, from uh, from 11 and 0 um, three weeks ago um, spoilers and, <laughs> and the the, Brown, the Browns are sitting at 10 and 5 I've got a feeling the Browns could actually win the AFC North they're playing well. They're doing it. They didn't have a great game on Sunday, but they did what they needed to do. It was a very professional win, wasn't it? Um, and uh, 
they're looking good. They're looking good. Baker's Baker's in form. Chubb and Hunt. Okay, the run struggled a little bit on Sunday, but Chubb and Hunt are a very good, very good backfield pairing. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The Browns could win the AFC North. They do have to play the Steelers on the third of January. So that'll be an interesting one. I imagine that'll probably be the decider. Yeah, who have the Browns got? Week sixteen. The Browns have still got to play the Jets. Oh, that's, that's a win. That's a win. Um, well, that's tu- that's a tough <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, you would assume that they are going to win that comfortably. Um, the Steelers then remaining have the Colts next week, and then they have the Browns. Yeah. This is the first time I can remember where I'm looking at a Colts Steelers game, thinking Colts are going to win this. Yeah, I give the Colts that. I would be very upset if the Colts, having watched the Steelers get beaten by one of the worst teams in professional football, mm-hmm. and and don't win. The Steelers are missing some a few big parts, and it shows. Um, the Colts have a far far better defense than the Bengals. If we can get our big Ben, as we saw in the early hours of this morning, if we can get a big Ben, we have a very good chance of uh, of, of stopping them. So yeah, I'm going to put my neck on the line a little bit and I'm going to say Browns and the Steelers are going to swap places and the Browns are going to win the NFC, the AFC North. Yeah, I would, I would be down with that. I'd rather stay yeah. there. Just looking down at the bottom of the uh, chase for the playoffs in the AFC, we've got the Ravens sitting on the same record as Miami, who are currently the last in the last uh, playoff berth. Um, with nine a nine and five record, and then we've got the Raiders sitting at seven and seven. But with the Raiders having lost their last two games, I think they're probably that's probably curtains for them. They're only there on a technicality, really. Yeah, I'm not sure the Raiders are going to make it now. I think they've lost their chance. Obviously, we'll talk a bit more about their game in a minute. Yeah. So um, moving on, we've got the Bills, AFC East champions. Bills. What a side. Yeah, great team. The Bills going to mile high and winning forty-eight nineteen over the Broncos. Um, my favourite stat this weekend from all the games was that until the Bills secured the division this weekend, the Colts had won the AFC East more recently, nineteen ninety nine, than the Bills had. In that's a crazy stat. I don't. I can't. I can't. I think it was two thousand and two when the Colts uh, were moved to the AFC South when it was all reshuffled. So for the Colts to uh, have not been in that division for 18 years and to, until this weekend, have won it more recently than the Bills is uh, is pretty pretty ridiculous. But this was um, this is very much the Josh Allen show again. Um, two two passing touchdowns. He rushed for two touchdowns. Stefan Diggs broke Buffalo's season receiving record, and uh, Cole Beasley had his career high game of 112 yards. Neither got in for touchdowns, but we we touched on Diggs. Last weekend, not actually scoring many touchdowns, but being a crucial weapon for moving the Bills into scoring territory, and he and he did it again and again and again this weekend. The Broncos, other than Melvin Gordon going going in twice, there weren't any standout performances on either side of the ball, and certainly the defense only managed to force the Bills to punt once. So that's a it's a pretty weak performance from them this week. Yeah, just. I quickly just touched upon Noah Fant. He's obviously been injured quite a lot this season. He had a good game, eight receptions, sixty-eight yards, and a touchdown. A good touchdown as well. Good, um, a good catch. Uh, as you say, nothing to get all that excited about 
on the Broncos side of the ball. I would just say that also that the Bills are probably one of my favourite teams to watch in the NFL at the moment. Uh, I can't really watch. I can't really watch a Cowboys game and enjoy it very often. So if there's an, if there's options for other games and I can see the Bills playing, you know their offense is great. I think Josh Allen's really exciting to watch. Their defense isn't amazing, which also makes their games a little bit more fun as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, it improves their games, if anything, <laughs> the fact that they have to lean so heavily on the offence to win those games. Um, yeah. It, their their defence isn't winning them any games. It feels a bit like, like, when the Bills are playing, it feels a little bit like college football. Not like <laughs> 70, 73-60, like you do see in some college games. But yeah. for NFL standards, it feels sort of more college scores than as most teams are running. It's a bit, it's a bit Marcelo Bielsa, isn't it? Where they're, um, they pay, they put so much uh, emphasis on the attacking side of the game and hope and, and sort of hope their defense can can see the game out. Um, but they're a very, very, very fun offense to watch. They do some strange things on offense, and uh, it's working for them this, this season. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I find myself surprised, being surprised at sort of how happy I am for Josh Allen as well. Um, I think he's a really solid player, and it's really, it's, it's really exciting player to watch. And I think um, it could be a black sheep for um, MVP this year. Yeah, it could be a dark horse as well. Um... Dark horse, oh, whatever <laughs> it is. I, I, I'm going to cut all that out. Josh Allen could be a uh, dark horse for um, MVP. Dark horse, that's a good shout. I actually think I prefer, he won't get it, but I think Stefan Diggs has just been so important for this team. You take away those receptions, those yardage, the amount of times he moves the chains is unbelievable. And I don't know when the last time a receiver won MVP. Um, in fact, I'll look it up, but it felt quite a long time ago. No, I mean, like, he, he, there's no way... No. Yeah, there's no way he's going to win it. Um, he hasn't scored enough touchdowns. Um, his yardage is impressive, but it, it's it's not it's not um, it's not enough for him to win it. Um, Could you name the last non-quarterback oh, to win? Not a chance. Not a, MVP. No. no, and I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a punt and say it was probably 15, 20 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Um. It was Adrian Peterson, then of the Minnesota Vikings right. in 2012. 12? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but then, yeah. you know, you go back after that, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, 2006. So it, it, it was a couple of running backs in sort of mid noughties that got it. Mm. Uh, it's. I mean, the, the, the MVP argument is very heavily um, biased towards quarterbacks. Just because it is the focal point, every single offensive player goes through them, or near enough, every single offensive player goes through them. Um, so if you've got somebody who's on form and they manage to be on form all year, it kind of other players don't get a look in because they just don't. You know, not how many other players will play every single snap. Yeah, um, in f- here's a good stat. I hope this is real because it's great if it is. The last time a wide receiver received a single vote for MVP was Randy Moss in his rookie season in 1998. Yeah, I mean, it says it all, doesn't it? Um, 
I really, I actually hate that it's so heavily weighted towards quarterbacks. They should, they should almost just do away with MVP and just just, just keep a positional um, and keep keep positional awards. I think it's just it's just so heavily weighted um, towards quarterbacks. But let's move on. Um, next up um, in. In Minnesota, we had the Bears winning thirty-three points to twenty-seven against the Vikings. What a good game this was as well. Uh, this was one that I it was. Yeah. I did fancy the Bears because I really don't rate this Vikings team. I think the Vikings have got a better record than they should have. They were still in the playoff picture, uh, unbelievably, leading up to this game. I think one of the main facets of this game was David Montgomery and what a great player he's become for this team since Tariq Cohen went down, Tariq Cohen being there, receiving back. David Montgomery in recent weeks has received the ball quite a lot. He didn't in this game. He actually only had one reception, but it seems to have really invigorated him. He finished the day with 146 yards, 32 carries, which is a lot of carries to be fair, but that's still averaging 4.6. You take that all day. And two touchdowns as well. Mitch Trubisky had a, you know, okay day for Mitch Trubisky as he does, just over two hundred yards, one interception, one touchdown. Uh, also added a little bit on the ground with thirty-four rushing yards. You know, there was some key times where he was able to move the chains, get first downs with his legs, and that was one of the main things that changed the game. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that. Um... He might even be being a little bit harsh on um, Trubs there. Trubs. Um, I think yeah. oh, it's, it's got to go. It's, it's, it's got to be. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think he had one of his better performances. Um, he's not a great quarterback. He is an okay quarterback at best, really. Um, but 202 yards, as you said, one touchdown, one interception. Not incredible stats, but they're actually some of his better stats from the year and the way he was driving the the um he, he was he was he was him and Monty driving the Bears on. It wasn't all Monty. No. Um he wasn't a hero. He wasn't the hero of the game by any measure. Um there wasn't really a hero of the game per se. But his performance was the kind of performance you know you build a win from. It's a good foundation. Um and it's the sort of performance that all quarterbacks should be able to put in. He didn't really didn't really do anything wrong all game. He looked pretty solid, um, not panicky, under pressure. Um, well, yeah, I'm, um, I was I was actually impressed by him. I don't know whether that's a damning indictment of his general play because again, like I said, he didn't have a stunning day. So for me to be impressed, it's not <laughs> telling. I'd say that he I mean I'd say that he actually put the game in jeopardy for the Bears because with uh less than two minutes to go, or just under three minutes ago, uh that's when he threw his interception into the end zone. It was third and goal. You know, they could have done multiple things. They could have done a screen pass and try at least to run out a bit of clock and get the yardage. They could have ran the ball with Montgomery had we already said has been effective on the day. If he hits his average, they get a touchdown uh, or uh, get a very short 
fourth and one or fourth and inches. Instead, he throws the interception into the end zone. Vikings nil, they get the ball back on the 25 and then they get a chance to try and win the game. To me, it felt like a really bad shot. Even if they did, even if they ran the ball and they didn't get it, they could have kicked a field goal and be super conservative. They go up by six, meaning the Vikings need a touchdown to win the game. It meant that it gave the Vikings the opportunity to drive down the field. And even if they just got a field goal, they could have leveled it up. Okay, the Vikings didn't do it. Uh, in fact, the Vikings had two stabs at it, and they still didn't still didn't do it. But it was quite indicative of the sort of play we've seen from Trubs in the past where he throws interceptions or he makes a mistake at a crucial time and it's just fortunate that in this one the the defence bailed him out yeah look it's you know you can't hide from the fact that he did nearly cost him the game towards the end but barring that you know his performance was good um, I you know I'm not going to I don't want to sort of defend defend that pass too heavily because it was a poor pass. Um, it was a poor decision, but you know you can't. I don't think you can really blame the play calling there on on Mitch. You know, he's he's not play calling. Um, sure, he's he's in the he's 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 under centre and he can call audibles and change things up um, based on how he's reading the defence, but. They got the win. They got the win. They got the win, so it's moot. Yeah, let's not take it too far, I guess, but um, I could just see it going another way. Just touching on the Vikings, this team confuses me um, because I look at their stats every week and I go, this looks like a team that should be winning quite a lot of games. Yeah. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, three for 271 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I don't love it, but it's all right. Um, you know, that's productive. Dalvin Cook, he's good at football. Um, <laughs> 132 yards, five and a half yards per carry, a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, eight receptions for 104. And you sort of go, where are they not winning these games? And, you know, I think the thing you need to focus on when you're looking at the stat line here is that they let the Bears, who are a pretty hit-and-miss offence, score 33. Very, they're a very hit-and-miss offence, yeah. Um, I just want to touch quickly on Jefferson. Um, another great game for the rookie, like you said, 104 mm. yards and eight receptions. Um, and he's actually now broken the single-season franchise record for a rookie for receptions um, for the Vikings. And Dan Bailey is back, baby. Didn't miss a kick. All game. Well done, Dan. Scored all his available points. Well, lads, keeping the keep keeping his team, keeping his boys in the game. Um, but yeah, but he's still been dreadful all year. So let's not heap too much praise on him there, because you know, when he listens to this, it will go to his head to bless him. Definitely. Um, right next up, we're just going to touch on the uh, Panthers going to Green Bay and losing sixteen points to twenty-four. Um, yeah, the Packers sort of came flying out of the traps um, and then had to overcome a dreadful second half. Um, you know, all, all good teams have bad days. Um, what makes a championship team is one that can win in spite of themselves and can win close games, win 
win badly, really. Um, they're on course to go and take the top spot after the Saints um, didn't have a day. Um, Aaron Jones went for 145 yards, which is two more than Rodgers managed to throw, which is a crazy stat. It wasn't mm. a good day. It wasn't a good day for Aaron Rodgers. Didn't need to be. It didn't need to be, no. Um, but he's now the first player in NFL history to have hit 40 touchdown passes in three individual seasons. Um, he's good. I mentioned I mentioned Josh Allen being a dark horse for um, MVP, but I think the, I'm going to say, it, the, at this stage, the only real worthy winner is Aaron Rodgers. It's not Mahomes. It's not Allen. It's not Derrick Henry. I don't know any more. I don't really know any other names that have actually been thrown out there. You know, Dalvin Cook. Dal, it's not. No. You, you look. You look at. You look at value. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. It's got to be Aaron Rodgers. But you know, as we've seen with the Pro Bowl vote, things don't always go the way they should with these silly. I'm pretty surprised with some of the uh, some of the uh, missing players from the Pro Bowl Pro Bowl rosters. Um, Apparently, Rogers is expected to be just behind Mahomes in the MVP race. I, that's, I thought that was more of a uh, hot take when you said it than it actually was. Apparently, you are not alone in that thinking. No, um, uh, Mahomes, Mahomes is there because of because he's good. Yeah, you know, well, all right, because because he is who he is. Much like I'm sure Brady was mentioned on se- in seasons where he was not necessarily incredible I think I think it's been a it's been a good year for Mahomes but he's not done anything that he hasn't already done you know he's it's not been a stellar year for the guy um, but I think Aaron Rodgers is doing enough in my book to win um, very quickly we'll just touch on touch back on the game um, the Packers only managed 49 yards in that second second half um, they just managed to hang on um Teddy Bridgewater had a pretty good game again, um, two hundred and fifty-eight yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, but he did also fumble it on the one, which was then returned for forty-eight yards. Um, and DJ Moore had a pretty, really good, really good game with six catches and one hundred and thirty-one yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I rate DJ Moore, and you know he was quiet early in the season, but he's grown into it. I think. I don't have anything to add on the actual game itself for this one, but I assume as a result of this game, as well as other results, the GM for the Panthers has now lost his job, so there's another GM role going in the NFL. It takes it up to five now. Uh, so, you know, they're having a tough time. They say Panthers lost eight of their last nine, so, you know, they've obviously not got Christian McCaffrey around at the moment he's their star player and sort of like a superstar really for them everything goes through him uh, the Panthers are likely just to sort of go quietly into the night for the rest of the season I can't see them racking up a win although as a Cowboys fan I'd love them to <laughs> uh, yeah um, we'll move on to the Seahawks uh, going to Washington and beating the football team 20 points to 15 Interestingly, just before I get into this game, the Panthers actually play Washington next. <laughs> so, uh, that could be a good one. Uh, 
so yeah, Seahawks, Washington. If Dwayne Haskins is the answer, I don't want to know the question. For me, he is not ready to be playing in this league. I'm not sure he'll ever be ready. At one point, we were chatting on our little pod chat during the game. He was he'd thrown five for eight for eight yards. I'm not really sure how it's possible. Uh, it's what, like one and a half yards per reception? I thought it was four for so, eight, wasn't it? Five it was for eight. Five for eight. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I see one of those went really horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he did. He did improve. Logan Thomas, the tight end for the Washington football team, he's a bit of a veteran actually. Six years in the league, had never heard of him going into this season. He topped up with a hundred receiving yards, and JD McKissick is really thriving without Antonio Gibson there, who's obviously out injured at the moment with a toe issue. He had over a hundred scrimmage yards as well. So, you know. Those all seem like very positive stats. Terry McLaurin, he's being a bit quiet, even though Dwayne Haskins usually loves throwing the ball to him relentlessly. He's struggled the last few weeks. I wonder if there's an underlying injury there, which just hasn't really been diagnosed. You know, but it wasn't enough to beat this Seahawks team. Russell Wilson had a really, really quiet day. The whole offense did, to be fair, but he had a really quiet day. 121 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's even quieter than Rodgers. And this is obviously a lot closer game than that Packers one. Uh, but, you know, did enough against this. It's, it's a stout defence of Washington. That's what they've still got. They've, they're on quarterback choice. I'm not even sure what choice it, Dwayne Haskins is anymore. They've gone through so many. But the defence is still a good team. So you got to hand it to the Seahawks. It's a decent win against a team that's likely to make the playoffs given the situation they're currently in um, moves them back up the playoff picture and for them good to see Rashad Penny back who was having his first game in basically a year since having a was it torn ACL I think it was but he, he's been out for a long time so he's it's good for the Seahawks to have him back him from him personally but also for the team because they've really struggled with injuries at running back this season Again, I have, I have nothing to add. Seattle kind of just did a job. Very professional. Yeah, we'll move on. We will move on to Tampa going to uh, the Falcons and beating them thirty-one points to twenty-seven. Um, our player, of, our player of the week this week is Tom Brady. You love that, and it pain it pains me to <laughs> say it. it really does because I just don't like the dude, but. Um, how familiar this feeling was seeing the Vulcans look like they're running away with a game against Tom Brady for it to all burn down in the second half. Um, Tampa managed 60 yards from five first half drives and then went and scored in their opening five possessions of the second half with Brady throwing 188 yards and three touchdowns in the third quarter alone. Ooh. Got 390 yards a game, which you know, when you consider that all but 60, actually not even all but 60, less than that, um, because not all of those 60 yards worth passes in the first half. Um, so you know he's he's had a plus 330 yards second half. Um, he connected with Antonio Brown for the game game winning touchdown. It was a proper proper clutch play. Um, 
and it's been coming. We've said it several times. It's been coming. It looked like they were lit. they were trying to force the ball to Antonio for a little while. You know, Brown had a big game um, and was and was a crucial piece of moving them down the field. And it would cut. It would have almost been disappointing for him to not have had a touchdown at the end of it. I think don't actually have the figure in front of me, but I think he had ninety odd yards. Um, for the game, which is a which is a solid solid amount, um, definitely. And yeah, it was it was sort of a, a, a glimpse to a, a TB12 that we've not seen for a, for a couple of years, and it was a, a proper sort of mauling from him and his uh, and his crew. Um, Tampa obviously playing catch up; their running game wasn't a factor. Um, the Falcons are now four and ten for the season, which is a dreadful dreadful score for a roster that actually isn't that bad you know, they've got some really good weapons on offence um, but obviously you know, they've had lots of problems with injuries both Ridley and um, Julio have been out off yeah. um, and I don't know I, I I sort of doubt this right now, I wrote this down last night because I'd read it somewhere and I'm kind of like I'm dubious that since losing 34 to 28 to the Patriots in overtime in the bowl, their record is now 28 and 34, which is a beautiful piece of symmetry. I think I see in something like that. If if accurate, I think it accurate. is accurate. Yeah, and they ha- they have been on a downward spiral ever since that spiral. That a massive downward trend. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're right. They to me, are a better team now than their um, their record suggests. If they could hold on to a game, they could have double the amount of wins they have. If they had eight, I'd go, yeah. yeah. I mean, when we were talking about this week, last week, I said this is a game that, for me, stands out as a really interesting one, and I could sort of see the Falcons potentially taking it to a Buccaneers team that have been a bit, you know, been a bit rocky the last few weeks, and Okay, I didn't expect the Falcons to be up seventeen nothing by halftime, but we know that they can't hold on to games, and one of the main reasons for that is that their rushing game is dreadful. They had two running backs that had less yardage than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan does not run; he very, very rarely runs. He had one. He can't run. He can't run. Um, you know. A few years ago, when they made their way to the Super Bowl, there was one moment, I remember, he got a touchdown score with his legs, and he looked like he'd never ran as a quarterback ever. <laughs> he, he didn't slide forward. He he dove head first. Um, <laughs> he looked like he was going to be sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just as well that the offense goes to have a sit down and lie down afterwards because um, he, he needs it whenever he runs. I mean, he had 16 yards. Todd Gurley finished the game on negative one. Brian Hill finished on negative two. Negative two on five carries. That is remarkable. Um, I've drafted Gurley in my dynasty league. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that, personally. I was at number one in the draft. And uh, as as you know from experience, it's a horrible spot to be at because you have to wait so long between each pick. Dreadful. And you just you're just sat there watching player after player after player after player disappear from your queue. Mm-hmm. You can't plan. You can't plan when you're on the turn on fantasy drafts like no, that. No, it's it's absolutely it's absolutely impossible. Um, it's it's a dreadful position to be in, um, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. 
Yeah, um, hate it. I'm, for the for, for the rookie draft, I am slap bang in the middle, um, and I couldn't be happier about it. Although I might, I'm going to see if I can sweeten sweeten up uh, one of the top two places to go and get a quarterback because I've got Derek Carr, Jalen Hurts. And oh, Jalen Hurts, just roll with him. He'll be great. Somebody, somebody else a quarterback for next year. Yeah, let's get back to the game. Yeah, uh, so I mean, they had under forty rushing yards total. The Falcons, and you know, the beauty of having a good run game is you can run down the clock. Essentially, because they were unable to run the ball, it meant that they had to keep going to the air. Matt Ryan threw the ball forty-nine times, which in a game they weren't chasing is insane, it's huge, massive. Uh, and okay, yeah, he finished with three hundred and fifty-six yards, three touchdowns. Really great day for Matt Ryan. You know, if they can't bleed the clock down, then it just gave the chance for the Buccaneers to come back, and you know, in the way that they did, um, say twenty-one points in the third quarter for the Buccaneers changed the game. Mike Evans, who's been quiet at times this year, struggled with injuries, one hundred and ten yards with a touchdown, and you already mentioned about the AB touchdown. So, I expected the Buccaneers to win this, but I did have an inkling that it wouldn't be as easy as people would expect so yeah this was a fun game i enjoyed it but you know the falcons they love to lose dramatic games so they're another they're always a good team to watch yeah uh you're uh, you i think your assessment of that game is pretty pretty spot on um we're gonna move on to uh the patriots going to miami and losing 22 points to 12 alan yeah i mean the dolphins left it late but they did what they needed to they scored 15 points in the final quarter to come from behind to win. The Dolphins were great on the ground, rushing for over 200 yards with Ahmed and Breeder alone. You know, that's good production. They've gone through loads of running backs this season. Uh, Breeder in particular has hardly had a look in. So for them to combine for over 200 was really good. They had three total touchdowns on the ground as well. Two for Tua. I was looking forward to saying that. Two for Tua. Uh, <laughs> you know, injuries meant they... Hardly had anyone to throw to uh, for the Dolphins, so it's just about they could get the run game going. Looking at the Patriots, their offense is still a bit uh, rocky, to be polite. Bad. Yeah, Jacoby Myers had a good game. He had over 100 receiving yards, but they struggled, but Cam struggled to find anyone else. 209 yards in the air, half of them were to Myers, and you know Myers is. <laughs> Had a decent season. Uh, this will be the first time the Patriots will not have a winning season in 19 years, which they were on course to match the Cowboys of old, where they had 20 successive winning seasons. They top out at 19, uh, second longest ever, and also they miss out on the playoffs the first time in 11 years. So uh, Bill will not be happy. But oh, Bill's never happy. He is never happy. He's the grumpiest man to win a Super Bowl. Um, we're going to move on to the Jags Ravens um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Baltimore and losing 14 points to 40. Um, so it's hardly worth talking about this game. It is the least surprising scoreline in the league. Actually, it's the least surprising scoreline but it's almost surprising that the Jags managed to put up 14 points, quite frankly. Um, Jacksonville managed less than 300 yards in total offence, 226 
through the air and 62 rushing. Lamar and Co were 28 to nothing up at half time, and frankly, they should be disappointed in themselves for allowing any scores from Jacksonville in the second half. Honestly, the most the most important thing to talk about from this game is the fact that Jacksonville are now bottom of the entire league um, based on strength of schedule, and that means that now they are looking as the looking like they're the uh, the destination for. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, which is just a horrible thing to have to think about. I mean, he could uh, he he could revitalize this struggling franchise. Yeah, but I don't want them. I don't want him to. <laughs> I'd much rather Fields went there and didn't quite manage it. Well, well uh, when when they're in London, it means there'll be someone nice to watch at least. Uh, Gardner Minshew, you can't believe you didn't mention our boy Gardner back under centre starting this game. Two hundred twenty-six passing yards. 22 for uh, 29. That's nice. And two touchdowns, no interceptions. That's a great... That is a good stat line. You you can't lie. And this this Ravens defence isn't bad either. I I, am... To be completely honest, I didn't even look at the stat line for it. I saw... I looked looked at the team stats and I was was so, so perturbed by the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going to Jacksonville that I just I was like no I don't want to talk about the game I just want to complain that he's going there and I'm going to have to watch him play the Colts twice a year Good work Gardner We're going to move on to the Jets beating the Rams 23 points to 20 in LA Alan Yeah um, definitely not one anyone expected I think everyone expected the Jets just to be not necessarily tanking. I don't think they're necessarily tanking out of choice. I think that it's not a very good team, but they took advantage of this really slow start from the Rams. We talked last week, or rather Dean talked last week, about how the Jets have a really good start to every game. They lead the league in points scored on their opening drive. That was me, actually. I brought that up. Okay. All right. Well, well done, you. I th- Dean backed it up then. Shout out to Dean, who obviously isn't here this week. Uh, but so yeah, the, the Rams are down by 13, 13 zip, approaching half time, and then slipped to 20 to 3 midway through the third, and just left them so much to do. Jared Goff narrowly throwing for just over 200 passing yards with an interception. Um, you know, the Rams are about to up with 100 yards on the ground. Admittedly, 40 yards of that was one carry from Robert Woods, so it's slightly mislead, it's slightly misleading stat. The Jets were efficient until the fourth quarter when they couldn't get anything going. Damage had already been done. Um, for me, if the game lasts three minutes longer, the Rams win this because the Rams were in the ascendancy. The Jets were clinging on for dear life. They couldn't get a first down to save their lives in, in the last quarter. Um, you know, they held out. Maybe, maybe it was the defensive coordinator that was ruining everything for the Jets. Yeah, um, so I mean, Adam Gates and the New York Jets are our dud of the week. It feels strange to give it to a winning team, but yes, you won a battle of a game and you won it well, but in doing so, they lost the number one spot in the draft and thrown away their best chance of a fresh start. Um, look, Fields is a good quarterback. Trevor Lawrence might be the best quarterback to be coming out of college ever. Ever? <laughs> He, he has an unreal record. I'll give you that. I'm, list, I'm listening to Pat McAfee go on about him. 
Pat McCaffrey is is overhyped about everything, but he's he's not the only person saying that he could be the most talented, naturally talented quarterback to be coming out of the draft. Yeah, he... it's not me. It's it's not my claim. Um, but um, look, I'm a big fan of Sam Darnold. Actually, um, I think behind a solid O line and with some quality to target, he could be a star. Trevor Lawrence is different. Just a different class. Um, so yeah, so commiserations on your win this week, New York Jets. Um, interestingly, the Jets are the first winless team ever to be a nine-plus win team on the road in NFL history. It's never been done before. When you consider that the Jets last last in points per game, yards per game, pass yards per game, point differential and total yards differential that is insane mm. um also yeah just just I'm, i i will i will have one sentence about the the rams they were dreadful in the first half yeah sums it up pretty um, well can't, i can't disagree with it i i think that the rams you know it was a bad day at the office i still think this team is a serious team and against better opposition, I think they raise their game. I still think they're contenders in the NFC. Well, it's like the Colts losing week one to Jacksonville. It's an anomaly, pure and simple. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, and we're going to go with the Lions going to Tennessee and losing 25 points to 46. Yeah, I mean, the Lions put up a fight in this one. But the Titans just look so good. If we could have done uh, a player of the week, or sort of like a unit of the week, I'd have loved to have tried to put it on the Titans and fight for that. I, w- I wouldn't have argued it. Well, there you go. But I thought, we've already got a new format. Let's not start creating new things um, <laughs> two weeks in. You know, Derek Henry, over 150 scrimmage yards, one touchdown, one significant handoff. What a guy. Um, he loves a handoff, that guy. I, I can't wait until... This is saying sound really sort of harsh. But I can't wait for his like career to end, and there just be a montage that someone makes on YouTube of just like Derek Henry's best hand on stiff, stiff arms. arms. Yeah, it'd be amazing. The stiff arm was insane. Mm. Should be illegal because if a defender touches your helmet like that, that's a me- that's an immediate penalty flag. Why can an attacker do it, but a defender or a tap can't? on a uh, yeah helmet on a quarterback? Yeah, as they throw. Yeah, it's, it's it's really it's really disproportionate. And Derek Henry, being the beast he is, he's putting your hand on your he's, if he's putting his hand on your helmet, you're going down in pain. Yeah. It's not. It, it's a really. I think it's a really really poor mm. rule. Um, there's nothing wrong with a stiff arm, but you ju- he put his he practically ripped the dude's face off. Yeah, he he's an ender of worlds, is Derek Henry. <laughs> he is. Yeah, You've got something to say about Tanner Thrill. Yeah, before we get to Tanner Thrill, um, <laughs> Corey Davis topped out 100 yards again. Uh, yeah, he's had some really good games this season. Uh, Tanner Thrill, what a guy. Uh, ended with five total touchdowns, two of them rushing, 77% passing percentage. The guy is different gravy since leaving Miami. Yeah, he is. It's, it's his best performance in... Uh... In Tennessee, for sure. Um, and if it wasn't for Tom's heroics in the second half against the Falcons, he would have been our shoe-in for Player of the Week this week. Yeah, I, I'm really annoyed with myself, with Ryan Tannehill, because going into this season, you know, we talked about fantasy every now and then. I had the 
I really wanted to take Ryan Tannehill, but I'd watched a few podcasts and they'd warned me off Ryan Tannehill and I, I shouldn't have listened to them. I should have gone with my gut and I thought, he's been good. I looked at the schedule. The schedule's tough, but it doesn't matter. They just keep rolling. This wasn't quite so tough. They just keep rolling and, um, you know, fair play to the Titans. Um, I can't remember the name of their head coach. He's been so good for them. Vrabel. Yeah, he's been so good for them. I really rate sort of his... He's done a very good job in, in Tennessee. Very, very good. I really rate what he's done. I'd love him to be a Cowboys head coach as, as opposed to Mike McCarthy, but let's not go down that route. Uh, just quickly on the Lions, George Swift, two touchdowns for the Lions. Marvin Jones had over 100 receiving yards and a touchdown, but they were always chasing this game. The Titans were just far too strong on offense, and unsurprisingly, the Titans get the win. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Colts are keeping pace with the Titans mm-hmm. to make the AFC South interesting, and it could go either way. Um, the Titans have the, ooh, the the Titans are away in uh, Green Bay this weekend, yeah. whilst, the, whilst the Colts go to Pittsburgh. Massive. It's a massive weekend in the AFC South. It could it could be that it could decide it. Yeah. Um, because both teams have a relatively easy final game with um, two divisional matches matchups with uh, the Titans playing the Texans and the Colts playing the Jags. Um, you would assume the Colts are going to win handily, um, but you'd also assume that the Titans are going to win um, against a, a, a pretty limp, um, <laughs> limp uh, Texans offense. Um, I think one, one, one thing just quickly on those games, Tennessee against Green Bay. Green Bay's Achilles Hill is their run defence. And Tennessee is all uh, rushing offence first. I could see Derek Henry. Oh, let's just go crazy. I could see Derek Henry getting 200 scrimmage yards in this game. That's not crazy. He's done it four times already. Four times? Twice against, twice against the Jags and twice against the... Um... The Texans. Oh, well, those two teams don't count. <laughs> well, I mean, this would be a serious team to have 200 scrimmage yards against. It would be very impressive if he does manage it. Um, I've, uh, it's not twice against the Texans. It's twice, it's, it's twice against the Jags and once against the Texans and once against somebody else. Let's move on to Thursday Night Football with the Chargers going to Las Vegas and winning 30 points to 27 out in the desert. And then we're going to we're going to pick Marcus Mariota as our unlikely hero of the week. Um, I'll get I'll get to Marcus Mariota in a minute. It's just I'm just going to go through the game quickly. I need some um, fanfare, like a. Just do that again. No, we have it. Yeah, Justin Herbert might be on course to be the main man in the NFL. Full stop. What an incredible talent he is. Love him. Great guy. Yeah, he's he's just broken the record for the seventh 300-yard um, game in a rookie season. I was I was a little bit surprised that it wasn't Mahomes before I realised that he had a season as backup before being the man in um, Kansas. And he's also tied Baker Mayfield's rookie record for 27 passing scores. But obviously with still time to play, he'll make that his. It's a shame the Chargers aren't a very good team. But it's, hard to say, it's hard to say that. Really, with them, with them having won here, um, but it was a close game, and 
they just miss those stars in crucial play, in crucial positions, I think, that would sort of elevate them to be one of the better units in the league. Um, moving on to uh, the Raiders. Um, I feel a bit sorry for uh, I feel a bit sorry for Derek Carr. You'd assume that after seeing him limp, him limp out early on, um, it's probably the last time you see him in a Raiders jersey. But how about Marcus Mariota? Um, he's our unlikely hero of the week. Yeah, he didn't look he didn't look the player that was run out of Tennessee by Ryan Tannehill. Um, 226 yards off of just 17 receptions uh, one touchdown one interception um, he rushed himself for 88 yards off of 9 carries and uh, and a touchdown what a comeback it is from the big man um, it's Mariota oh. season in the desert and I'm here for it man um, I just want to heap some more praise on Darren Waller uh, as well I said a couple of weeks ago that he was the best non-Travis Kelsey tight end in the league and each went off again here. Um, he's a stud. Um, he led the Raiders offense again with 150 yards off of nine receptions and a single trip into the paint. Um, I, if I don't manage to draft him next season in our keeper league, I'm going to be very upset. Ryan is keeping Travis Kelsey. So Waller needs to be a pickup, and I might pick him up early. Early for a tight, uh, early for a tight. Well, you got the picks. Uh, well, I don't. I don't. I've got two in the first round, one in the second, and then I don't draft again to the fifth until the fifth round. Well, you'd have to pick him up very early then. So I'm going to have to pick him up very early because I don't think he's still going to be there in the fifth round. But, but he has been amazing. He, he's yeah, he's he's hitting eighteen plus points near enough every game. He had a. He had a poor game against Colts. Who are good against Titans? Who are very good against Titans, yeah. We we said so, that they haven't they haven't allowed a hundred yards for four years to a tight end. Um so yeah. Well um the, the game itself, I've not really spoken about the game per se. Um it was a little it, it was it was kind of I just thought the game meandered through either each phase. Um you know, this, the, the, the team's traded scores. It, 30, 30 to 27 doesn't sound like a dreadful game, but it wasn't particularly exciting. Um, the most, the, the best thing was, the, the thing that made it exciting was seeing Marietta come back and be so good. Yeah, I mean, it went to overtime. Um, and, you know, maybe the Raiders had done enough. They marched down the field, got a field goal, set up for a field goal. The Chargers had multiple attempts to win the game um, in a goal-to-go situation. And Justin Herbert was determined to get a rushing touchdown. He had multiple tries uh, at the very end of the game. He just, just squeaked in. Like As he was going down, he sort of stuck his hand out. Seeing him scream, I was in, I was in, was yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. fun. Um, but no, I, I thought it was, a, it was an intriguing game. Um, you know, there was a lot of points. There's points in... You know, the Raiders scored in every quarter, including overtime. Um, they never scored more than seven. Yeah. I mean, it's a solid performance though, isn't it? If you can if you can pick up seven every single quarter, you're gonna win you're gonna win a lot of close games, but you're you're probably gonna lose as many close games as you win, to be honest. 
Yeah, their defense isn't great, um, which doesn't which doesn't help and them. Their record leans into me saying that because they're seven and seven now. I also highlight that Keenan Allen was on. I don't know if he was on a snap count or what, but he only. I know he was injured before the game. There's questions as to whether he would play. He only had one reception for 17. I think if Keenan Allen was playing, that probably lifts up Herbert's yeah. numbers even greater and. I could see the Chargers probably winning by more. And considering the record, you would have... Just looking at records, you'd expect the Raiders to win this quite easily. But the Raiders yeah. are in a bad spot. Their time management, again, they're another team. Dreadful, time management yeah. is dreadful. Play calling is very, very wrong. Yeah. I, I, yeah, John Gruden isn't my favourite coach. Um, he's done some good things in Vegas, but they're losing some of these games because of his time management. So I think that's um, a lot of it falls on him for me on this game. But, you know, we move on. Chiefs 32, Saints 29 in in the bayou. Yeah, I mean, this is a really bad start for Drew B- Brees. He actually had his worst yeah. ever start to a game, starting 0-5 and including an interception as well. They lost Michael Thomas not that long before the game. Well, a day before the game. Uh well, yeah, yeah, but that's not a massive amount of no. time, is it? You know, he's such a significant True. part of this offense. Uh, lost for the rest of the Reg- regular season. Yeah, regular they, season? they've hired him because they want him fresh for the playoffs. Right. Uh, I mean, Alan Kamara, nearly a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown. He's not actually had hundred yards for quite a few games. But that's, so, yeah, that's because of his all in cup with Tato, though, isn't it? Rather than anything else. Yeah, because of yeah, because of Taysom Hill um, being under centre mainly. Um, at the end of the half, uh, Robinson for the Chiefs fumbled a punt, a return. The ball goes into the back of the end field, uh, end zone rather, and you know it's just messed up by the defense from the Saints. Uh, there, if they were able to cling on in the end zone, I really think it could have changed the game. Obviously, it was only a three-point game in the end, but you know the Chiefs they grind they out do. wins, um, and the Saints the Saints are a decent side. You know they've got a good defense. The Chiefs have actually is a great stat, uh, which I saw. Uh, Chiefs have faced a top five defense on nine occasions with Mahomes as a starter, which actually seems quite low. But um, they are nine and zero in those games, averaging twenty nine points per game. That's pretty impressive. And you know, you touched upon how Mahomes isn't your MVP candidate. How about this? He leads the league in passing yards, is second in touchdown passes, and is virtually tied for second in passer rating with Sean Watson. So he has still had a pretty good season. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting he's not, but I think he's a victim of how good he's already been for a player so young. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even close to being a surprise that he's putting up these sort of numbers. He's not having, but he's not having his best season. I'm not saying he's not having a good season because he is, but he's not having his best season. And I think he's, I think they are. I just, I, I just think their players more deserving of it, namely Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, um, to touch on the game, it's why was it so close? If you look at if you look at the stats, the Chiefs, Chiefs had the ball for forty-one minutes, the Saints for just mm-hmm. eighteen. You know, um, Mahomes threw through an interception early on, um, and the Chiefs really sort of struggled to get going. Not as much as the Saints, but they struggled to get going. Um, the Saints' third down efficiency was absolute garbage. Um, they managed one set of downs off of 11 third down plays, which is ugh, disgusting. 
Breeze really struggled on his return um, from 11 broken ribs. We'll let him off. Just three weeks ago, yeah. Um, and he was wearing like this Kevlar chest piece thing to protect his clearly still injured ribs. They rushed him They rushed him back uh, and they suffered for having him there. I think they would have actually put up a better fight if they'd have had Tay, Tay under centre just because he wasn't in, he isn't injured. Um, and there, just, just, just quickly, the injury to Edward Teller is a, is a big one. Um, it's not, it's not, a, think, it's not a season-defining injury. It's not going to derail anything for them to have to have Le'Veon Bell to lean on in his absence. I think it might make Mahomes better. Uh, I think one of the reasons why we've seen less flashes from Mahomes is that they're running more. Edward Teller, they're running a bit more. And leaning on it a bit more, whereas Mahomes, um, you know, Mahomes is um, breaking out and rushing himself far less. Yeah, I mean he should do less because you know, the, how many injuries do we see from quarterbacks rushing? Okay, well, he had not a knee, He had a knee injury mid-season last year, didn't he? But he's a freak apparently, and his knee doesn't work the way everyone else's knee works, which is why he was back in half the time, which is genuinely what like, doctors had said. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It makes sense, but yeah, he he's definitely not doing some of the stuff that he's done in the past. I like to see him doing the, the crazy stuff, and he may have to do that if he wants to see the Chiefs go all the way this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Texans going to Indy and losing 20 points to 27. Candidate for Dallas Game of the Week, for sure. Um, it, it wasn't one for neutrals. Um, the Colts had a big first first quarter and a big fourth quarter um, but allowed Deshaun Watson to really run the game for the, for the middle stint Philip Rivers had a solid game again without without being being incredible Colts haven't had any haven't, haven't given the ball away for four consecutive games now which is massive when you consider Philip Rivers is under centre um, and the Colts step, Colts defence stepped up again for the second game in a row against the uh, Texans to bring the ball away um, with the with the Texans about to go in for a touchdown to to either win or tie the game up. Um, honestly, the 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 forced fumble from Darius Leonard was insane. You know, um, Kiki QT had done incredibly well to break into the end zone with that ball, but for to um, for Darius Leonard to pop up and punch out the way he did, it was it was ridiculous. And then for I think it was Kari Wills Willis to uh, I can't I can't remember who it was that landed on the ball to recover it for a touchback. Incredible incredible presence from the Colts defense. Um, the only Texan player to try and recover that was QT himself, um, and there were four. Colts players on top of the ball before him, which you know they really they really stacked that pocket there and really did an incredible incredible job of turning that over. Um, I, I I'm sticking sticking by it and saying the Colts defense is the best unit in the league this season. Not all the stats back that up, um, but the clutch plays they make game after game after game is incredible. Um, Oh, I, it really hurts still to see Deshaun Watson in Houston. He deserves so much better. 
Yeah, I mean, two quick shout-outs to the Texans. The Colts definitely didn't have it all their own way. Uh, David Johnson was fantastic receiving out the backfield. 11 receptions, 106 yards. Okay, no touchdown. And I'd like to give a big shout-out to uh, Chad Hansen. I challenged him a couple of weeks ago not to appear the following week. He should have appeared because he did actually get a touchdown. He had another touchdown this week. So I think that's three weeks in a row he's had touchdowns. Fair play, Chad Hansen. I didn't know who you were a month ago. And now I expect I expect <laughs> two touchdowns this week. So the, the challenge has been oh. laid down, Chad. Uh, who have the Texans got this week? Uh, the Texans are playing... They are playing the Bengals. The Bengals. Oh, well, Chad had to shout three <laughs> touchdowns in. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. Just going back to the Colts quickly. Um, I think we. I think they could go far in the... Uh, I think they could go pretty pretty deep in the playoffs. Um, there, there are two things are coming together on offense late on in the season, which is exactly what you need. Um, <clears throat> and the defense is one of, like I said, one of if not the best in the league. Um, I honestly can see them beating any any of these teams in the playoffs. Whether they will or not is another matter. I think they've definitely got the ability to beat the Steelers. They could beat the Browns. They could beat they could beat the Chiefs. They were then they were the only team to beat them last season, um, and that was with Jacoby Brissett as a. I don't see the Colts making the Super Bowl. I can see them. I can see them winning a playoff no, game. No, no, uh, no. You say I. I don't. I don't think they will. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's actually beyond the realms. If you look at the teams around them in the playoff picture at the moment, Miami. The Browns, the Titans, the Colts can beat all three of those. Yeah, they've lost to the Titans and the Browns this season, though. So it's, again, they're, they're as likely to win these games as they are yes. losing. I've, I've just got a feel. I've just got a feeling, <clears throat> which I didn't have when they um, went to Arrowhead a couple of years ago. And I'd say they're in the mix. Did. For me, they're in the mix. That they're, they're not. They're absolutely um, in the mix. They're not my favourite. I think they're slated. No, I think they're slated to to play the Bills. At the moment. Uh, um, due to play the Steelers, but as we talked about before, if if the Browns overtake the Steelers, oh, then it, okay. they would be uh, facing the Browns in Cleveland. And that's also and that's also if they don't overtake. It is, the yeah. Titans. So it's um, it's definitely sort of all to play for. There is a chance that I guess if the Colts overtake the Titans and Steelers drop down and. Uh, maybe rounds if they don't need to win like game 17 oh no play the Steelers they will need to I was going to say there may even be a chance that it's a divisional game Colts-Titans um, in the playoff actually it's very very unlikely uh, it's more likely in AFC North yeah. team it would, it would have to go a long way for the Titans to yeah. be that team they play um, yeah so next up we're going to talk about the Steelers and a surprise beat beating in um, Cincinnati 17 points to 27 they lost by 10 points to a dreadful football team in Cincinnati Alan oh this game was ugly this was a horrible horrible watch uh, it doesn't help that it started at 1am we've <laughs> um, gone 1am I watched the first mm, quarter and I thought I'm going back to sleep this is this is too ugly for my eyes. Um, obviously caught up now. And the stat, I've watched the highlights. Um, I mean, Ryan Finley looked like he did the bits he needed to do from what I saw. I thought he had a good game. Yeah, you look at the stats, he didn't 
He uh, was seven for 13, which is poor, uh, for 89 yards <laughs> and threw for a touchdown. 89 yards and he scored 27. Um, Gio Bernard had a, a good day, you know, just one week after being benched from a fumble. Yeah. 82. Two, two touchdowns. Yeah, one, one on the ground, one receiving. Uh, Ryan Finley actually did have a good touchdown with his legs, to be fair, uh, near the end of the game. He had 47 yards with his feet. Um, but the Steelers were so bad um, in that first quarter. I don't think they actually... No, 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 score, no score in the first half. Yeah. Again, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, again, it was the magical 17 nothing. There's quite a lot of 17 nothings around half time this week. And there were a few games with no scores at half time from, from one of the sides. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked by the result. I mean, no one got more than 40 receiving yards for the Bengals. Um, the Steelers were just really, really ropey. Um, I mean, Benny still actually got 84 yards on the ground. A touchdown, Big Ben, 20 of 38. That's really sort of below his standard for 170, yeah. one touchdown, one interception. The receiving cause definitely doesn't seem as electric as it was. Uh, Claypool's lost a little bit of that splash play. He still averaged 18 yards per reception, um, three for 54. Deontay Johnson got 59, but they... I don't know, they are really low on confidence is how they've got to be feeling. They've now lost, after giving it the big ones, um, Steelers fans worldwide, you, you, as a Cowboys fan, we get a lot of jip. And I like to think I'm not a traditional Cowboys fan, but the Steelers fans have been driving me mad on social media, giving it the big ones after beating, you know, the Jaguars and the Bengals. Well, they went <laughs> They went eleven wins. Um, yeah, they're the first team. That's right. They're the third team in NFL history to lose three straight game games after starting eleven and zero. Yeah, I mean, after the two thousand and nine Saints and the sixty nine Rams. Yeah, and when when they lost the other week to Washington, that all the Steelers fans were going, "Ah, oh, well, you know, you're going to lose sometime. It it, it's not that yeah. bad. You know, we're still eleven and one. We're awesome." Yeah, we know now you've lost. Okay, the Bills are a decent side, but you lost to the Bengals. Let's um, the Steelers are majorly on the slide, and I don't think they're going to recover for the playoffs. The Bengals, I'm not sure what this does for them, except for hurt their potentially hurt their draft position. Um, Finley's not not a starter. 89 yards, I could do that probably. Maybe never thrown football in my life, but maybe. Um, he rushed for a touchdown, though, didn't he? Did. he? Yeah, I'll give him that. that, that it, was, it was a good... good very good feat to, to run for it. Uh, yeah. Um, is this the upset of the week? Touch on this. Or is the Jets the upset of the week? Oh, the Jets. Jets were seen in, in, in professional football, closely followed by the Jags and the Bengals, but they are the worst. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say the, the, uh, the, the Steelers' play calling throughout was very suspect. I don't know what's, I don't know what's gone on there. It's been, it's been off for a couple of weeks. Um, all of a sudden, you know they're they're running on second and long. Um, the Colts do that a lot, and it's an ugly play, and almost never turns up the yards you need. Um, uh, yeah, four consecutive um, punts to open the game. Um, a fumble. I mean, the hit on um, Schuster was insane. Mm. It was overturned. It was called as a 
as an incomplete pass on the field, but they overturned that because you know he, he took three steps. Um, there was there was a little bit of chatter at the time about um, it being there being a potential flag against the Bengals for you know hitting an un, an unprotected player, but um, but that, that that sort of went nowhere. Um, Big Ben and the play calling were just off. Um, I hope it continues because I've never seen the Colts beat the Steelers, and I'd like to this weekend. I think you got a good chance. What? What a Christmas present that would be. <laughs> Especially if Green Bay win as well. Boy, if Green Bay win, I, I'm throwing my money on a, on Aaron Rodgers being the MVP for sure there. Um, yeah, no, really ugly game. Um, got, to give, got to give credit to the Bengals. They did something no one thought they were going to do. Um, much like Jacksonville, I said last week on NFL Pickens had 0%. The Bengals had like 5% people, people saying they were going to win this week. And they, uh, they, they pulled yeah. it. Um, Seventeen nothing up at half time, like you said earlier. Bizarre. It's their largest. It's the largest league um, lead against the Steelers in the last twenty years. Yeah, it's gonna happen sometime. It's gonna happen at some point. Yeah. But let's uh, let's move off and round out the week in uh, Dallas with the Cowboys. Ruining their draft with a 41 points to 33 win over the 49ers. They've jumped up four spots in the draft. They're now at nine. I know. Horrific. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. What the hell are they doing? Um, bloody winning football matches. Um, they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, I mean, it was a wild start for the Cowboys. They forced two turnovers. One from a fumble from a punt and one from a fumble directly from the quarterback, um, McMullins both deep into Niners territory and scored two touchdowns from it. One of their real weak points this season, the Cowboys, is turnovers and has been for a number of years. But also turning those turnovers into points is something they've been particularly poor at. Key player in this game for me was Tony Pollard, who's the backup running back in Dallas. But he's better than a backup, in my opinion. He could start for, I think, numerous NFL teams. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott missed his first Cowboys game uh, in his career uh, with injury with calf issue. Really? Yeah. As it for, through injury, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he's missed other games through suspension. I feel like he's missed. Oh, I feel like he's missed other games through injury. That doesn't sound right to me. Well, you, you have a look. Um, he's 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 made a steal. Is uh is Zeke? <laughs> um, Apparently so. <laughs> but Tony Pollard had over 150 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns. You know. Watch out, Zeke. Tony's on your back, and he is a darn sight cheaper than you are. Um, <laughs> I do think Zeke's a better runner on the ground. He's a little bit tougher. He can usually ride the tackles better. Having said that, there was a fantastic run from Pollard where it was three on one. He did sort of, if you ever play Madden, the circle. I don't know what that is on a uh, on an Xbox. Where he does a little twizzle. He did a twizzle when he twizzled past all three guys. Two of the uh, a spin, spin, a spin, spin move. move, yeah. Um, he did the circle. Uh, he circled his way out, circled his way out of it, and went to the house um, near the end of the game. If you've not seen it, you've got to see it just for the comedy that is two 49ers players running into each other. Uh, turnover battle I mentioned before. They won four nil on this, so it's actually quite surprising how close the score was. And as the game went on, the Niners had the offense, uh, Cowboys' offense number, and 
only when they had good field position did they ever get points from it, basically. Amari Cooper was really quiet for the Cowboys, two for 10. CeeDee Lamb lit receptions for five for 85. And Michael Gallup left early. For the Niners, they did start to get into their rhythm. Brandon Ayuk has been really good for them, especially now they've lost Debo Samuel to injury again. Uh, he had nine catches, but Kendrick Bourne paced the yardage with 86. Raheem Moster, he's their lead back. He left the game early too. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. came in. He also got injured for a little bit, but did come back. It felt like it really disrupted the flow for the Niners team. We know how they love to run the ball. This is the first back-to-back Cowboys win in over a year. And at the end, there was an onside kick, which C.D. Lamb returned for a touchdown. That's the first kickoff return for a touchdown for the Cowboys since 2008. Special teams is not their speciality, clearly. And even a Hail Mary at the end. I mean, I love seeing a good Hail Mary. Thankfully, it didn't result in a uh, Bengals win, but it's... Well, actually, it would have been okay. I am would have been happy with the draft picks. But, yeah, now the Cowboys lay second in the NFC East. Could even make the yeah, playoffs. Um, <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is the best word to describe the uh, NFC East, I think, is a joke, isn't it? Um, yeah, Zeke who? Dak who? Um Four Cowboys touchdowns were set up by turnovers, um, so it was almost more the Niners um, losing the game rather than Dallas winning it. Um, you still got to do the bits, you still got to break the plane, um, and the Cowboys have shown a marked improvement in doing so in recent weeks. Um, you know, we've spoken a couple of times about them managing turnovers um, or you know, or managing to get the ball, get the ball back, and then not capitalising on it. Um, and this game was different. Um, Mullins had a bad day. Um, lost feeling in his arm and was removed from the game. Um, and his replacement didn't really get the opportunity they, they had expected to change and affect the game after CD Lamb returned. At just a dreadful one-side kick for a touchdown. Terrible. Although, as you, as you mentioned, the Hail Mary to Kendrick Bourne with the last play of the game was pretty wild. Um, sort of artificially made made the uh, score artificially close. Yeah, it was it was it was still you know two scores away, but it should have been more for the Cowboys really. Um, the Cowboys long snapper OP Ledecker legend uh, has set an NFL record for the regular season games by a Canadian player, having played two hundred and fifty one games. Um, I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, there it is. If I had to be an NFL player, long snapper seems like a nice job, which doesn't seem too hard. So, you see, I mean, well, you say that, to to get an accurate snap off every single time is, I think, I think it's a difficult thing to do. Have you ever tried, have you ever tried to snap the ball like that? A long snap? No. That is a hard task. No, but you, you only have essentially one job. Yeah, yeah. Fire it back. I'd be fast a kick. I'd, I'd, and hard. Yeah, <laughs> accurately. I'd, I'd be a kick. I'd be a kick or a punter. I, I'd have a long snapper. Or, or, or you know, because I'm a lump, like a defensive lineman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think when I uh, 
when I get a tryout, long snap, it'll be my job. <laughs> um, right, so that's that's the week's action rounded up for you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put in a question, a big question this week. We haven't got a hot take, um, but I'm gonna drop a question for Alan. Um, and the question is. With the free agency merry-go-rounds um, going into the off-season, there are loads of rumours about quarterback moves this um, this off-season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say a quarterback, and I want you to tell me where you think he's gonna land. Sure. Um, Matthew Stafford. I think he stays with the Lions. I think it's just noise that they're interested in moving on from him. I think since they got rid of Matt Patricia, they've showed some promise. I think they'd like to try and build upon it. So I think he probably stays in Detroit. Yeah, it's a fresh out. Um, I've, I've got a feeling he's going to end up, um, if he doesn't stay, I think the Falcons would be a good fit for him yeah. after, they've moved, after they move on from Ryan. You know, Stafford is a, a, ta- a very, very good, talented quarterback. Yeah. And they could... Um, they could do a lot worse. Uh, Derek Carr. Uh, I'm going to go crazy and say I reckon he ends up at the Patriots. I think Derek... As a starter or quarterback? As a, or as a starter. As a starter. Uh, I think Derek Carr is probably the lower half of the league as, as a starter. Um, but I think he's the sort of player that Bill Belichick would like to take on. You know, He's experienced. He's fairly accurate. I think he's not going to cost it, a hell of a lot. I, yeah, I think he. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. They don't tend to flash the cash with quarterbacks, and I think um, Derek Carr's sort of middle of the road. I think they will see that they could improve the team with him, and it probably fits the mold a bit more than Cam Newton. Yeah, um, I'd take him in Indy, but I don't think it's. I don't think it will happen. I think that would be an interesting experiment. Mm. I said last week he's quite a stylish quarterback. I think he'd suit. I think he'd suit uh, Frank Wright offense. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Reich offense. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he's more likely to go somewhere and be back up. If I'm completely honest, um, Niners I think would be quite a good fit. He, I think he'd I think like Frank Reich. I think he'd suit a Shanahan offense. I think if he went to the Niners, he'd end up the starter. Absolutely. Um, Sam Darnold. I think he stays with the Jets now. Uh, I think. I, so you don't think anyone's moving at the moment? Um, yeah, I do. What, what do you mean? Not out of the ones I've said so far. I said Derek Carr to the Patriots. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <come on. laughs> uh, Sam Darnold, I think he stays with the Jets now. Now that they've lost sole ownership of the number one draft pick, I don't think yeah. that... I think they would move on from Darnold for Lawrence, I don't think they'd move on from Darnold for anyone else. Yeah. Again, I so I I I'm tempted to agree with you, but I I would like him in Indianapolis. Um, and you know, Chris Ballard has mugged Adam Gates on many many opportunities and on many occasions in the last couple of years, and I can just see him doing it again. And I think um, Darnold's image of the Darnold's value. Uh, has been hurt. Has been hurt by a by that absolute dumpster of an organisation. 
and um, I think mm-hmm. he could be surprisingly cheap for the Colts to go and pick up. He definitely he, he would definitely elevate their offense. Um, but I think you're right. Um, I don't think they draft a quarterback this year if it's not Trevor. Um, Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're right. I do think a lot of these players are going to stay. I think he's going to stay in Dallas as well. I think with the injury, I think um, I think they find a way to hash out a deal. The contracts will be a lot cheaper now. Uh, I'd be trying if I was Jerry Jones. I'd be trying to sign Dak a lot cheaper now. Yeah, um, Jerry Jones is an idiot at times. So if uh, if he does, I, I think he I think he should do everything he, in his power to keep him. Not at the price Dak wanted. I don't think he's worth the silly money he wanted. Um, if if they can't hash out a deal, I can see him landing somewhere like the Saints. Matt Ryan. This is an aging team, isn't it? Um, Matt Ryan. You mentioned Julio Jones is banged up. I still think they probably sign him for a year in Atlanta. He's still he's still serviceable. I still like Matt Ryan. It's not that long ago he was league MVP. Stop sitting on the fence, man. Stop saying everyone. Most of them are going to stick around. The, 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 well, I'm sticking my neck out, and I think they're going to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think Raheem Morris has improved them. Yeah. significantly since he came in um, I think he's still interim head coach, I don't think he's got the job full time, so it'll be interesting to see if he stays um, I think if Morris stays, Ryan probably stays um, but uh, I think uh, 49ers would be a good spot for him, so link link up again with Shanahan You know, Shanahan coached him for a good number of years and I think, um, I think that would be a good, good link up again for them um Cam Newton, your favourite player. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears for this one. Um, it looked likely last season until they until they did that deal with um, Foles, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, Foles hasn't won a job. Trubisky hasn't won the job for me. I think they go for someone they think is a little bit different. Flashier. Um, flashier. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't necessarily think they'd find a lot of success with Cam Newton as a quarterback in Chicago, but I could... I, yeah, I, it sort of feels like an okay fit. As good a fit as there probably is for Cam Newton. Yeah, maybe. I think the Washington job is open, and I think um, I think that would be a good fit for him as well. Um, it's a low-pressure place to go and play football. No one expects anything of them. I think it's a place where he can go just sort of get his head down. Playoff-bound play Washington. <laughs> yeah, which is a joke. Um, Jimmy G. I think he saves the 49ers as well. The uh, reason I think that is that he, he's he been injured this year. Last time he had a full season of play, he got them to a Super Bowl. I don't think you can move on from him. He he was along for the ride to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I think that um, that's that's too fresh in their mind. And I think he stays. I, th- I think he'll go back to the Patriots. Uh, in fact, I wrote the Patriots. Jimmy is the homecoming queen. Um, I'd say I, you know, I think I think he goes back there and doesn't do a job. Um, Jamise Winston. Uh, I've got a bit of a caveat on this one. Um, I'm going to say they go, he goes to the Lions if they move on from Stafford. Uh, if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in someone like the Colts. I think he's in. <laughs> I think he's an interesting prospect. He's not a bad art guy, but I think he'd fit 
the system nicely. Whether you think he's not a battle guy or not, I think he'd be um, an interesting prospect in Indianapolis. Look, if he goes and picks him up, I'll give him, I'll give, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't, I don't see it. One thing I will say is that on the whole, who's the starting quarterback for the Saints thing? Sean Payton said that James Winston will have a chance to be a starter next year, but he's actually only on a one-year deal. So does that mean they are re-signing him? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting that. Um, obviously, Hill was, Tay-Tay was used during um, Bree's injury. Um, I don't think James will be pleased. Um, I think he'll end up somewhere as a quarterback. I put the Cowboys. Maybe. I think yeah, I think, I think that would be a good landing spot. I'll be alright with that. I, I, I think I think he'll get get some garbage time there. Uh, Carson Wentz. Well, this is this is sticking my neck out. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I had this. I thought this before last night's game, but I think Big Ben's getting on. He's not what he was. I he think wants to play for another year, though. Yeah. Well, there's lots of things I want in life that don't happen. Whether the Steelers want him. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think I think he has a chance to rebuild his career. In somewhere like Pittsburgh, yeah, um, it's a tough one that because who's going to take the chance? Um, I think if Jimmy G doesn't go to New England, I could see Wentz landing there, a bloody well winning the lot. Um, I still think, despite his struggles this year, there's a lot of upside to Carson Wentz if he can go to the right team, play in the right system for the right coach. Yep. Um, and then finally, Mitchell. Trubisky. Trubs. Where's Trubs going? I think Trubs is a backup now. Um, yeah. I could see him somewhere like Seattle. And not necessarily because I don't trust Russell Wilson, because I do. I think Russell Wilson's great, as most people do. Um, but but I have no idea who their backup is. And he's going to get injured at some point, because all quarterbacks do get injured. Um, I think he would make the Seahawks still tick to a level um, I think he'd be a good pick up for them yeah um, if Dak can't get the contract he wants I could see him going to um, going to Dallas and playing playing second, second fiddle to Winston maybe maybe <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks in uh, <laughs> in Dallas on your list no Winston and um, Trubisky yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've sent as many I've sent as many players to the Forty Niners and to the Patriots to be honest. Um, just trying to right, um, right. So let's just let's just have a run through the next week next week's action. Um, first of all, uh, Vikings are going to the Saints. We've got the Buccaneers at the Lions, Forty Niners and the Cardinals. Um, Dolphins visiting Las Vegas. Uh, the Browns. Probably winning a comfortably in New York against the Jets. Uh, Broncos at the Chargers. Um, Falcons at the Chiefs. Colts at the Steelers. Panthers at Washington Football Team. Um, you've got the Bengals at the Texans, which is a dreadful game. <laughs> Jesus, that'll be Dallas game of the week. Um, Bears at Jags. Um, Giants at Ravens. Rams at Seahawks. And Eagles at Cowboys. Titans at Packers and Bills at Patriots. Which game stands out for you from those? I think there's a couple of big games we mentioned already about the Colts uh, game against the Steelers, Titans yeah. against Packers. That's a real playoff shake-up. A yes. um, couple of games. Uh, if I was going to 
look for an upset. I'd probably pump for a long shot on the Jaguars upsetting the Bears. The Bears aren't great. Okay, they won last week. Jaguars actually quietly efficient against uh, the Ravens this past week. So yeah, uh, those sort of those are the standouts for me probably this week. And well, I suppose we've also got to consider Eagles Cowboys that could shake yeah, up the playoff picture. So for me, I think, like you said, and like we like like we both said earlier, Colts. Colts, Steelers, and Titans, um, Packers this week is what is what it's all about. I think for this week's action, um, I believe those games kick off at the same time. Oh no! Okay, so let me start this one again. Yeah, so with the Colts going to, um, I lost it again now. Um, sorry, with the Colts going to uh, Pittsburgh on Sunday at six o'clock and playing, um, it'll be interesting to see how. The Titans react on the Monday morning, so they're they're in the they're in the late slot. So actually, there's a they're going to know the result of the Colts Steelers game going into their game. So it, the way the Colts game could could actually have a big impact on the way the Titans game goes. Um, for me, I think I think probably what happens is which whichever way the Colts game goes, the Steelers uh, the uh, Titans game probably goes the same way. Um, I think they might both win those games, to be fair, to be completely honest. Um, Ram Seahawks could be a nice bit of a slower knocker. That could be a good game. Um, Interesting I one. I don't know who I would pick for a long shot, so I'm not going to. Um, right, so uh, all that's really left for me to do is to thank Alan for joining me again for dissecting this week's action. Thanks for having me. No problem, mate. Um, we'll be back next week to discuss week 16. Meanwhile, we hope that you have a wonderful Christmas and everybody stays safe. Goodbye.